Hi folks, Curtis Shelburne here, and welcome to the Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. A good place just to be and breathe and hang out for a while as we share some words about life in Christ. And that's all of it, I think. Life, that is. The good, the bad, the fun, the sad, the deepest joys, the toughest sorrows, all of it. I think we're going to have a good time, and I hope you enjoy this. I hope you tell your friends about it, and I hope you come back. This episode, episode number 17, is entitled, Don't Be One of Job's Friends. Well, I'll tell you more about that in just a few minutes, but no, don't be one of Job's friends, but I sure hope you're one of mine, and I thank you for being a part of this podcast family. Thank you for listening, and I'd love to see this thing grow, and the way that that happens is for people that are already listening to tell some other people about it and to invite them to join us. So I hope you will, and I really do appreciate it. It's been a crazy year, hasn't it? As I'm recording, it's September. It seems that it was just, well, it seems it was just Christmas. And then it was March, and about the middle of March, for a lot of us, is when we became very painfully aware of what we now know as the pandemic. COVID-19, coronavirus, and boy, our lives changed. A lot of our churches shut down for at least several weeks. I think we stayed closed for about seven weeks. Learned to do a lot of things by video. I turned into a televangelist, something I'd never aspired to. We kept on going in a different way than usual. And then we managed to get back a little bit, but some businesses had such a hard time and some of them didn't make it through. Some are still having a tough time. I'm afraid some others won't make it through. Some folks had a very tough time. At the very same time, we've all known folks who've had the virus and who hardly knew they had anything, barely even believed it because they were almost completely asymptomatic. We, sadly, most of us have known some folks who've died from it. A lot of them had underlying issues, were much older and that kind of thing, but not all. And so it's been a really tough thing. It's been hard to wrap your head around it. And all of a sudden, we're wrapping masks around part of our faces, and we got the non-maskers and the maskers, and we've got folks that have made a pretty serious political thing about this. I don't know about you, but it seems to me that I find myself kind of in the middle on some of this. As a Christian, I know that we're supposed to be the best citizens of whatever land we find ourselves in. And if the edict that comes down is not against the rules and the teaching of Jesus Christ, It seems to me we're probably supposed to be the best in the state or the nation or the county or whatever in keeping the rules that the officials have asked us to keep. Some of this is easy. Some of it's not so easy. I don't think we're told that we just need to keep the rules that we really like. And yet I understand both sides. I do understand that there are politics involved. That is frustrating. It makes it more complicated. Yeah, we got a big election coming up. Boy, that's going to be fun. If you like the kind of choice that you might have, if your choice was between a proctological exam and a root canal, you're going to love this one. Anyway, it's coming. I dread it. I just hope it can be an election day, not an election month or two months. I hope it can stay out of the courts as much as possible. I hope we've got some winners and some losers that are pretty clearly winners and losers and that we, whether we like it or not, at least have an answer Oh, I dread it. I'm sorry. I just do. You know, there's been a lot of tough stuff going on this year, and I'm not the first one to talk about how difficult it's been. 
And yet, as different as it's been, and as out of the ordinary as it's been, as much more difficult than usual as it's been, I suppose you just have to realize that in most ways, the old boy who said it pays in times like these to remember that there have always been times like these, well, in most ways, he's still usually right. There's a lot of suffering in this world. This has been really an epic year for it, it seems like, but there's always a lot of suffering in this world. There's always a lot of difficulty and trouble, and people try to make sense of the trouble. Well, God made us that way. He told us to love him with all of our hearts, souls, minds, and strength. He doesn't mind us using our minds. We should do more of it than we do. He doesn't mind us thinking about the reasons that trouble comes in this world and how we deal with it and how our faith impacts that. He wants us to. And yet the time finally comes when we just have to say, Oh, Lord, I've done all of this that I can. I've tried to figure it out. I've worked through this. I've thought about it. I've prayed about it. I've wrestled with this. You're God. I'm not. I love you. I trust you. I know you love me. I know you're worthy of my trust. You'll take care of me. You always have. You always will. And that's where we finally come down. But yeah, there's a lot of trouble in this world. And sometimes it just is tough to figure a bunch of it out. People have been trying forever. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. I told you recently that I am recording a new record, a new album. It will be entitled Almost Home. I like the songs that I'm working on to put on this album. I think you'll like them too. Most of them you know. There'll be some that you may not be quite as familiar with, but they're going to be songs that are just old friends to you. A lot of them are going to be songs that you sang as a kid, that you remember singing in church or singing as a family or whatever. They're going to be songs that you just love to get reacquainted with. And so I like the idea of the title, Almost Home. I hope hearing these songs takes you almost home. I also very much like the idea that many of them talk about our final home, our forever home, our eternal home, our real home. And yes, in that respect too, I hope when you hear these songs, you realize we're almost home. I really hope that God's joy just drips from every note on this album. I think you're going to love the music. I really do. It's been a pleasure working with it, and I'm looking forward to having it ready before too long. Almost Home. If you want to check that out and check out some other albums that I've done, check out some of my books and other material, just go to my website, www.curtisshelburn.com. See what you can find there. I think you'll like it. And now, let's focus on faith. The book of Job is the textbook on suffering. Open that Bible book. By the way, scholars think it's the oldest book in the Bible. Open that Bible book and you'll see an extraordinarily good man undergoing extraordinarily terrible affliction. I guess that gives you a clue pretty quickly. Affliction and suffering, difficulty, has been around for an awfully long time. Job loses his family, except his wife and keeping her might easily be counted among his afflictions. He loses his wealth. He loses his health. 
He's reduced to sitting on a pile of ashes, scraping his many sores and praying to die. He is a picture of complete misery. As if he weren't already miserable enough, Job has a visit from three friends. The wretched fellow is in such terrible shape that they don't even recognize him at first. But when they do, they break into such a frenzy of wailing and grief that one would think Job had already died. In fact, I'm told that the kind of wailing they undertake is precisely the kind that happened in that culture when the undertaker had already been called. Boy, that's great comfort, isn't it? For seven days, they sit viewing the not-yet-dead body of their friend, acting as if he were already dead, and then they undertake a premature post-mortem of his trouble. They speak, and they shouldn't have. These miserable comforters, as Job calls them, begin to debate the man they'd come to console. The question is this, as it so often is, why do the righteous suffer? Job's friends have a quick answer. They don't. Fess up, Job. What have you done to deserve this pain? We know that the righteous always prosper. Only the wicked suffer. We do? Since when? No, it just doesn't work that way, does it? One wonders what world Job's friends have been living in. It certainly wasn't the world you and I live in. Unfortunately, Job's friends are still around. I guess as long as trouble is around and suffering and difficulty in this fallen world, Job's friends won't be far behind. Turn your life over to the Lord, they preach, and all your troubles will be over. Life will be for you beautiful, rosy, and probably prosperous. And then, if life is not, what is wrong with your faith? What sin lurks in your life? Oh, you're not praying right. You're not praying with strong enough faith. No, this kind of thing wouldn't happen to you if you were really righteous. Job's friends. Maybe Job's original friends had some excuse for their folly, but their modern counterparts who can read the New Testament should know better. They should hear the Apostle Paul telling persecuted believers, we did not want any of you to lose heart at the troubles you were going through, but to realize that Christians must expect such things. They should listen to Jesus' own words, in this world you will have trouble. Or they can simply look at the cross and see what the world did to the best man who ever lived. A time of trouble is a good time to pray for stronger faith. And any time is a good time for humble self-examination. But when trouble comes, don't pay too much attention to Job's friends. They were dead wrong then, and they're almost always dead wrong now. Well, again, thank you for joining us on this Focus on Faith with Curtis Shelburne podcast. I'm so glad you chose to join us, and I hope you'll come back and spend some time with us again. If you like it, why don't you tell some friends about it, some real ones? Sure would appreciate it. Have a great day.